Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Thursday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since Tuesday. We had a fantastic show on Tuesday. Um, amazing guests, great topics, uh, everything you could want in a program. Uh, the show keeps evolving. We keep growing bigger and bigger. Listen to in 25 countries on 70 online platforms. And as usual, I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my audience and sponsors. Uh, you guys are absolutely the best, I'll tell you. And I just want to make uh, the announcement that uh, the media site, uh, my media site that I uh, have been working on, uh, the next N-E-X-Gen, G-E-N-U-S-A.com, uh, will be re-released uh, in the next couple of days. Uh, we were revamping, restructuring the entire um, platform, and it looks better, uh, more. Uh, it looks more like the future than I than anything I've ever seen. I can't wait to share it. Um, we've been, you know, obviously putting a lot of different new features, uh, updated, you know, different models uh, in into this into this whole uh, thing. So uh, a lot uh, TV shows coming, radio shows. Uh, new programming. Um, we've got a lot on the agenda. Um, so be be ready for that in the next couple of days. Uh, it's going to look, actually, uh, to compare the site, it's going to look very similar to, like, Alex Jones's InfoWars. So uh, very uh, high end. Um, guys, you know, I also want to say, um, as you know, I will be starting at Salem AM Radio uh, here in the coming weeks. And um, I was supposed to start this last week. And, you know, even this coming week, uh, if everything cleared up, but still, unfortunately, the Arizona uh, station, uh, Salem, is still closed, the, the uh, studio. So uh, until they are reopened, um, I, you know, there'll be no uh, um, broadcasting from there. But, the, you know, the minute they open, I will be doing my first broadcast from Salem. Very excited to work with them. It's the opportunity of a lifetime. Um, and what we're looking at is probably the next two weeks is what the uh, head of the station said. So, and Mark Levin, Sean Hannity, Hugh Hewitt, Dennis Prager, Larry Elder, some of the biggest names in the industry, uh, you know, uh, record from, uh, from this station. So uh, just so, so cool. And I, and I can't wait for the, the journey ahead. Um, wherever you are, um, I hope you're staying safe. I, I hope your day is going productive. I hope it's going well. You know, I hope, um, you know, you're being responsible. Obviously, like I've said many times on this show, uh, this is a very confusing, uh, scary, odd, weird, whatever you want to name it, time for all of us. I mean, we're depression. Uh, I mean, I, you know, just anger. Um, you know, I, 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 so many different feelings at once. It's a... Um, and I've never seen anything like it. You know, in my 29 years of living, we've seen a lot of shit. We've seen a lot of craziness. We've seen a lot of things that have killed way more people. But you never shut the economy down. You have now over 30 million people out of work. 30 million. I mean, you're going to have more people that die from the depression part of this uh, than you are from the actual virus. Suicide rate is way up. Uh, drug use is way up. 
Domestic violence is way up. Murder's up. People are mad. You know, you can't, you can't keep a country locked down that was built upon the, you know, the kind of traditions that, uh, you know, our founding fathers put in place. I mean, it, this is a working country. This is the land of opportunity. This is the land of the American dream. This is the place where everything you've ever wished, you know, upon yourself can happen, unlike other places. So, you know, and I, I look at it like this, guys. When the U.S. is struggling, pretty much the entire world is struggling. Everybody's always looking what the United States is going to do. That's, that's what I noticed. You know, they're always kind of looking around. And, uh, you know, when we're, like I said, when we're in the dumps, usually other people aren't doing that well either. I mean, China is, is an exception because, you know, they're, they're the biggest scums on earth. They're the biggest thieves, the biggest crooks you could think of. I will admit, though, they do have leaders, like Trump said, who have outsmarted uh, the United States leaders for the longest time, which is why they've been so successful. Um, I don't want to get too off topic. I get on the, I, you know, it's not even opening rants yet. And I'm already excited for tonight. We got a lot, a lot going on. Um, you know, um, I want to say that this um, whole entire uh, week has been probably the busiest in the news I've seen in a long time. Um, this I haven't seen a week like this in, in, you know, just in terms of my show notes for tonight. Uh, for a Thursday night, this is a packed, packed show with topic after topic. Um, we got a lot of people to inter- um, I have to introduce on the panel. Um, guys, and, uh, you know, I'm noticing uh, we're getting a lot of – we're, we're taking a lot of good steps in the right direction in terms of uh, various states uh, reopening and uh, doing things, uh, you know, the right way and, and really uh, putting the American people back to work. But on the other hand, uh, we've got so many different communist governors that are trying to keep their people locked down for God knows how long. I mean, <laughs> the mayor of L.A. said not until there's a vaccine. Well, hey, genius. There may not be, be a vaccine for two years. L.A. is one of the biggest economies in the world. What do you, I mean, these people, it's, it's all politics. These people are using politics and destroying people's lives. It's disgusting. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us, we have writer and speaker Sam Tully. Sam, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, Roy. I'm doing fine. How about yourself? Uh, doing very well, man. Glad yeah. to have you with us. You know, yeah, making this transition to this desert, well, this new desert from my old desert, but, you know, I'm seeing the madness that's happening in L.A. and L.A. County, and it's like, wow, it's like, it's like another world. I mean, I mean, I be, I even saw people sitting around here uh, in Arizona starting to eat again out in public, and it seems like we have... Uh, there's a diversity of thought. I mean, everyone's not required to wear a mask. And in L.A. or L.A. County, now you virtually have to have a mask to go in your front yard. It's, 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 it's amazing. It really is. No, it absolutely is. And, uh, you know, if we really think about it, and I was reading facts and certain statistics and, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, theories from scientists, and a lot of a lot of what the mask does doesn't, prevent you know people getting it i mean it it really in a lot of ways 
you're just as prone to get it if you, if you don't wear the mask. I mean, it, 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 the mask, I think, it is kind of a l- lousy uh, thing to – but, I mean, what, what you know, they, they have to give some sort of option, I guess, to people that, you know, are so scared. But in reality, people think the mask is going to automatically save them or protect them. It doesn't. Well, when I see the mask or I see the plexiglass, uh, you know, and I'm not discounting the fact that there are people that are been exposed that are, are, are hurting or dying, but the one word that comes to mind when I see this stuff is control. And I think oh, yeah. there's a yeah fear monger trying, trying to convince us that it's Armageddon. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, they're trying. Yeah, and and when I think about this big giant push for a vaccine before there is a vaccine or we started talking about Fauci and Gates and, and the fact that you can't half believe what you're, you're told from public officials these days anyway. Uh, I am not all that excited about somebody thinking about injecting me with anything. Tell me about it. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, we can't have these new world order. We can't have these high elites like Bill Gates overseeing things. Last time I checked, he was a software developer, not a damn doctor. But that's sure what he's trying to act like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and wasn't Fauci the guy that was earlier on saying, uh, don't wear a mask? And now he's saying, wear a mask. The virus was no big deal. Now the virus right. is a big deal. Uh, I mean, these people, and, you know, yeah, let's shut LA down for three more months. And and, and let's see, you know, what that, what that area turns into. We don't have to turn into a walking dead anymore. You just... Look at uh, the local news in LA County, and that's what you'll have. And, and Sam, you know what it, you know what it's really looking like. The Democrats are getting their wish in the sense that they are creating places like California that you know they coddle to their rich donors, but then it's either the very high rich or the poor. They're driving out the middle class left and right, and I I, I think that's their goal. I don't think they give a shit about the middle class. Because uh, we see, Nan- like, for instance, Nancy Pelosi's new bill gives a ton of money to uh, rich donors in blue states like California and uh, basically tells the middle class to go screw themselves. So, I mean, it, you know, I, I, and in other other scenarios besides California, we see it in New York, too. The middle class is leaving. Um, all these places run by Democrats, the middle class is scared to, scared to death, and I don't blame them. Go ahead, though. Sorry. Well, yeah, I, and, you know, like I uh, was telling people, either uh, these people are too—they need to either get rid of the government or, or yeah. get away, because uh, like you right. said, they, they care nothing about the middle class. They never did. Money and control—that's all they care about. Right, right. And then they then they want to preach, and then they want to try to you know give these lectures that they're for the small guy, but in reality they're for the rich, rich Wall Street people. I mean, it's like. They're the, they're the biggest, you know, scums on earth. And, you know, all these people, sadly, for so many years have bought into it. That is true. And uh, it makes me sick to my heart. You know, they'll, they'll open up the borders for anybody to come through. They'll let typists uh, get rampant by City Hall. and They can give a rat's butt about, you know, Joe America, that all he wants to do is get up and take care of his family. No, you stay home. Be broke, uh, you know, don't pay nothing. Or by the way, uh, when tax time comes, we want your taxes money. <laughs> yeah. So, 
It's amazing. Uh, it's, it's amazing. It is. It, it really is. And uh, Sam, uh, glad you could be here tonight. Lot to get into. Uh, excited for your insight. Sounds good, boy. Looking forward to it. All righty. Um, I also want to welcome the show. We have U.S. congressional candidate from Arizona, good friend of mine. Glad he's back with us, Josh Barnett. What's up, buddy? Hey, Roy. How are you? Good to be on again with you. You got a lot to talk about. Business is open, and you know. King Doocy took off the restrictions from us, and, you know, we're back rolling again, but everybody's happy to be working out and feeling healthy once again. And uh, as you know, my business partner in Oceanside, California, was arrested for opening. And uh, so we've been um, fighting Newsom and and the mayor, Peter Weiss, in Oceanside uh, for the last week and a half now and uh, hoping uh, that they don't cite us again for the third time, a thousand bucks a pop. And uh, you know we're 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 uh, reaching a legal counsel right now and working with somebody to um, I guess turn the tables on them as you could say. Absolutely, I love it. I love it. You you got to go after these people. You got to go after these people. I mean, you know, we're seeing what these Democrat communists are trying to do all over the country. You know, whether it's Whitmore, whether it's uh, you know Newsom whether it's Phil Murphy out of New Jersey. I mean, these people are trying to destroy people's lives because they want to open up their businesses and provide for their family. I mean, these politicians are, you know, the ones to talk. I mean, it's easy for them to say they get paid regardless. They don't know what it's like to live, you know, uh, like an everyday citizen. I mean, these people are coddled. No, no, you're exactly right. And like I said, I was very happy to see Governor Ducey you know, kind of, I guess, come to his senses in a way uh, based on our numbers right. here and, and reopen a lot of stuff here, you know, in Arizona. But you're right. You yeah. know, the other the other states are being oppressed. And, uh, you know, the president's yeah. letting them expose themselves. And we saw what happened. Mike Garcia won by 12 points, you know, and uh, that's going to yeah. continue to happen. First time, wave first time a Republican. Yeah, first time a Republican has won that seat in 22 years. And he won by 12 points, you know. And uh, another guy in Wisconsin, um, I forget his name, Timothy something timothy he he won a special election as well so it's 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 gonna happen it's it's good it's a good thing it's a good thing for you know 2020 but it's a very bad thing right now you know so let's hope let's hope they start to reverse course and um and bring back this country to where it should be and you got you got your business back open everything's good for you and everything is you know up in arizona and they lifted all the restrictions i saw yeah, we're 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 back to business. I I actually opened at midnight that night <laughs> right away. Yeah. And um I had everything in place. I kind of planned ahead. You know, I had everything in place as far as sanitizer and and the stuff the white machines. All all the stuff that we normally have anyways, to be honest with you, but um you know some other special precautions we took that were laid out in the guidelines by Governor Ducey and Dr. Chris and all them. So uh, we're, we're adhering by everything. You know, I'm a smaller gym. I don't have thousands and thousands and thousands of members like uh, these other fitness, you know, big fitness centers like LA Fitness and stuff. So I don't have yeah. those problems with, with numbers and overcrowding and that kind of thing. And if I ever do, I'll just limit, I'll cap my membership if that happens, you know. But, but right now we're great. You know, people are happy to be back working out. And um, like I said, feeling healthy for once. You feel like you're you're doing something, you know, <laughs> something positive for your for your mental and physical health, you know. So everybody's everybody's in a good mood. Absolutely. No, I, I agree. I agree 100%. I, I, I just wish, you know, I, I think the restaurants right now are what, at 30%? Uh, they can only fill up 30%. Is, isn't that what it is at this point? You know, and that's one thing I've been pressing. I know. I wish they, I uh, wish the they, would, I wish they would raise it. I wish they would raise it. 30% isn't enough. That's going to ruin businesses. 
they're they're gonna they're gonna fail. Yeah, my my brother was a restaurant um, restaurant management uh, degree in business for his for last fifteen twenty years, and I talked to him about it. And I have family that owns, has owned bars and restaurants and stuff all over the country. And yeah, this thirty twenty five thirty percent you that's a recipe for failure. You might as well not even open. My brother was like, I wouldn't even open. Right. You're better off staying closed. Right. You're gonna save more money being closed. So. Um, you know, it's it's uh, Deucey needs to do something about that. He should know better. You know, he should know better. And, and um, it's and you should, Yeah, and you should see, Josh. You should see some of these places, like how spread apart they are. These tables, like it's one of the most dumbest, most ridiculous, childish things I've ever seen. Like they're treating us like we're toddlers. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous to the point where if you don't want to go out, then don't go out. That's fine. Stay home. You know, if you don't want to, you know, you got these companies uh, open too soon and all this, then don't open. Stay closed. That's up to you. But I want to go out. I want to do stuff. I want to go to the movies. I want to go eat. I want to go work out. And if you don't want to, that's fine. It's your constitutional right to stay home and and be scared to death. But I'm not. And and you see a clear distinction um, politically right now, which it's not a political issue, but it's being made one by the media as usual. And, um, you know, this I keep saying this is an American issue, and um, they're making it a right-left issue when it's really not. And it's unfortunate, man, because there's a lot of Democrats that have lost their businesses as well, lost their jobs. And, um, yeah. and as we know, Oceanside, you know, we've, we've been talking, re- reaching out to a lot of businesses and, and kind of pulling together because we're, we're filing a, a class-action lawsuit out there. You know, we're not going to mess around with Newsom. Well, yeah, so look, we're gonna go look at this. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I love it. I love it. And now I, you need to. That guy's a scumbag, and he's ruining. And the, the, here's the here's the part that bothers me the most, Josh. They don't care. They don't give a fuck. Excuse my language, yeah. but they don't care. They don't. Their their priority is not fixing our situation. Their priority is you know keeping us hostage. And I mean, you see what Newsom's doing in California, trying to put in these booths, these voting, whatever they call these mail-in ballot situations. These uh, while this is all going on, I mean, it's all political. It's crazy. Yeah, the president's got to do something about that. You know, obviously by November, that that can't happen. You know, this the the voter ID or the lack of voter ID, not even a not yeah. even a driver's license. They're not requiring anything. They're just hey, just mail in whatever you want. Um, that just it's not, it's unacceptable. It can't happen. I I know the president knows this. I hope yeah. he uses a stroke of a pen and signs an executive order saying this is not going to happen. Here's what we're going to do. And that that just what that's what it comes down to is what's going to be needed because we cannot afford uh, to let these people cheat another election. I agree. I agree, and definitely a lot uh, a lot to get into tonight. Um, I'm glad you could join us. I'm glad you could be here, um, and uh, excited for your insight. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, let's welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. We have political consultant and political operative. Corey Jones. Corey, good friend of mine. I'm glad you're back with us. How are you, my friend? What's new? Oh, well, um, thanks for having me back on, Rory. I hope you're doing well. I will say that uh, today, for the first time in a couple of months, I was able to uh, actually go get a haircut at a salon. Well, in there Dallas. You go. It wasn't, yeah, yeah. It wasn't actually the salon that uh, got shut down in Dallas with that whole controversy a couple of weeks back, but um yeah, so I was able to go with my uh, my dad and my brother because I'm I'm uh, I live in Dallas and we wanted to go get a haircut together. And uh, unfortunately, though, uh, while I was getting my haircut, still had to wear wear a mask. My dad and my brother and I couldn't go into the salon at the same time, 
um, you know, per regulations by the city and, um, that are being implemented for small businesses still. And so, um, you know, it was nice to get out. It was nice to uh, get a haircut finally and, and uh, get a taste of normalcy for the first time in a couple of months. But, uh, man, you know, even though things are opening up, it still feels like we're a long ways away, unfortunately. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it, it seems like, 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 think about this. Like, it, it's all kind of been a blur. It's been like a twilight zone, like an alternate universe. Like it, <laughs> in a lot of ways, it's like, wow, this actually happened? Like, it doesn't – I've never thought in my whole lifetime would we be quarantined for – what it was almost it was it was about two months. I mean that's yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, and, and think only, about you know, go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, I was just saying no. I I completely agree with you. It's just been such an an odd time, and I'm I'm only uh, 21 years old, and I can say in, in my short time on this earth, I haven't seen anything quite like this at all. And um, you know, in this time, I would expect that people to. Uh, you know, come together to a certain extent and, uh, you know, hold hands and get through this entire endeavor together. But, um, you know, what I've seen is that there's just been, there's just been great hostility from, uh, you know, people in politics, from people on the left, specifically people in government. And so, um, you know, this has been a a very trying time for our nation and for this president and for, um, you know, just the, the average American out there, the average small business owner, it's just been a trying time, a difficult time for our country. And, um, you know, I think now more than ever, um, especially during an election cycle, it's time for Americans to come together and, uh, yeah. you know, ask themselves important questions such as, you know, who do you trust to be in a position of leadership if something like this happens in the future? Who do you trust? To make the right decisions for you and your family and for your for your business and for your livelihood who do you trust to be in those positions and i can tell you right now that i wouldn't trust the same individuals that are currently being investigated for corruption during the obama administration i wouldn't trust democrats that are um you know still just strangling the life out of small businesses all across this country and in many of the uh, democratic controlled cities you have the um, the uh, lowest, or I'm sorry, the, the highest death rate um, per capita amongst individuals in this country in Democratic-controlled cities of coronavirus. And so they're not handling the virus well. Um, they're hurting small businesses. And ultimately, Americans can't vote for a party and for a movement that in a position where we're in currently in our country, that they would handle it in, 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 a, in a similar way like that in the future. So um, it's really eye-opening for most Americans, it seems like. Amen. Amen. Oh, I agree. I agree, Corey, 100%. Uh, really glad you could join us tonight. Uh, looking forward to your insight. A lot to get into. Yes, sir. Can't wait. All righty. Uh, everybody, I am going to get on with the Rory Ranch. I am going to start with the small stuff, the stuff that we're not really hearing about because we're being so distracted with Corona, but obviously the main segment as it's been for the last month or two uh, tonight will be Corona and we will get to that last. But um, starting off, I want to talk about obviously the special election last night. Amazing victory. Uh, The guy in California, Mike Garcia, uh, fantastic dude. Uh, just down to earth, really, really well principled, strong ethics, uh, great morals, uh, pro pro America, pro Trump, 
exactly. He's everything we need right now. And we all remember that smelly, floozy feminist, Katie Hill. Uh, she really, uh, you know, she screwed the Democrats uh, by, uh, you know, getting uh, getting dirty with her colleagues. And, uh, you know, we all know the scenario. I don't need to replay it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they really uh, shot themselves in the foot on that one. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know what? That's an indication right there. First time in over 20 years a Republican has that seat. People are waking up. He, he not only won, he won by double digits. Think, let that sink in. It was not a close race. You know, and there, like I've said on this show many times, and I'll say it again, there's a lot of moderate Democrats out there that do not identify with the current Democratic Party. And they may not agree with everything Trump candidates do or what Trump does, but it's a hell of a lot better for them than, than communism. And they bite their tongue. Because, you know, I, I get I, I get your – in a lot of ways, most people – or I don't want to say most people. I would say there's a good amount of people that are never going to agree with everything a leader does. And that's understandable. But, you know, uh, too many people in this country – no better than to, you know, take after third world ideology. And people who read damn history books and have a logical, sane mindset know that it's never worked. It's only killed millions of people. Socialism, communism, third world. We're seeing it in these cities run by liberals. I mean, Los Angeles looks like a third world. San Francisco looks like a third world. Seattle looks like a third world. New York City looks like a third world. I mean, guys, Detroit. Oh, don't even get me started on Detroit. Chicago. Do I must, should I should I keep going? I mean, this this is what and, and, and there, I can't fathom. I can't comprehend. I can't grasp the fact anybody could vote blue considering they've done nothing to help their citizens they're interested in coddling illegal aliens letting prisoners out i mean they're letting pedophiles and murderers out of jail over corona for god's sakes they're you know the whole transgender bullshit the hundred different you know trannies you can be whatever you want uh whatever the he her pronouns i don't know what the hell is going on with that and then you got the lgbtqrfaut whatever letter has been added since i don't know but guys you know it's it's the victim mentality that's their base that's how they get strong that's all they can count on because no working class citizen can resonate with them they they can't trust them they can't be on the same level. There's nothing that they can offer that is constructive for somebody that's going out providing for their family. And look at, look at Trump. I mean, a strong example. Look at Trump winning by significant numbers. The blue, you know, the, the states he, he, uh, he won that were won by Barack Obama. Uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, all these places he flipped. Because they're the working class. They're working class Democrats. They're, they're kind of like you describe them like the Kennedy Democrats, you know. Um, but no, I, Joe Biden, I mean, this is the, this is who the, de- the best the Democrats can do in this election cycle. He's going to get slammed. And speaking of that, CNN battleground states just announced that Trump is destroying Biden in all these places, everywhere. 
and CNN, you know, they don't like Trump. They like to skew the polls, and they like to, you know, definitely uh, be as biased as possible. So if CNN is saying it's they're being crushed, that, that Trump's crushing Biden, then Trump is annihilating Biden. <laughs> uh, look for another bigger word, bigger word than crushed. You know, uh, but guys, this is um, this is crazy. It's really crazy, and I want to, you know, just mention that you can't you can't reason with the with the with the new the new era of the left. You try to have a conversation with them. You try to talk about any sort of you know valid um, opinions or anything or any sort of narrative, and they. You know, they'll call you a Nazi. They'll call you the worst names. What all you're, what all you're doing is trying to hear the, hear, hear them out and trying to have some sort of positive dialogue instead of this division. But so many people are so jaded and so stuck in their own ways that, you know, and, and you know what's sad is that a lot of people, um, I'm not going to say a lot, but there's still a certain amount in this country. I would say majority have woken up, but there's still that certain amount that still think the Democrats are out for their best interests. Like, in, you know, people that haven't woken up in places like I would say a lot are still brainwashed in California. A lot are still brainwashed in New York. A lot are still – I mean, I, you wouldn't believe some of the shit I see online, some of the crap people write about. I mean, I, and I'm like, you guys really believe this stuff? But I don't want to get too off topic here, but getting back to this whole special election thing, um, yeah, it's great. It's awesome. And same with the guy in Wisconsin. Uh, took over um, – Sean Duffy obviously retired and stepped down wanted to spend more time with his family, which, you know, I love Sean Duffy. I thought he did a great job in there. Uh, the guy replacing him is supposed to be, you know, pretty well qualified, uh, has a great resume, you know, good backbone. So I believe the gentleman's name is uh, Tom Tiffany, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah. Um, so a lot of, lot of uh, good news for us coming, to, uh, you know, on Tuesday night, you know, and Democrats, you know, they, they're pissed and, you know, and as usual, certain channels, we're trying to downplay it. Uh, you know, we're trying to, you know, not give Trump the credit he deserves, even though Trump on these special elections, he's now 22 and 0, he's undefeated. All these, all, well, not just special elections, anybody he's endorsed. He's, uh, he wrote on Twitter today something like he's undefeated, 22-0 and 0 or something. So it speaks volume, carries weight. It means a lot when he comes out there and uh, puts himself on the line. Uh, he'll, take you, he'll take you across, you know, uh, the finish line. He definitely will. He definitely will. Um, so, China, we just found this out, and this is very disturbing, and it makes you wonder – and it makes you really curious and suspicious um, about what, what else has been going on that we just don't know about. But University of Arkansas professor, um, I forget his name, Chinese guy, uh, has been there for a long time, has been taking bribes and, and, and taking fraudulent, uh, you know, committing fraud by taking uh, different payments from China for educational purposes, for spying purposes, for stealing information purposes. And these professors, these people at these universities 
have so much more access and information than they actually should that it's, it really is frightening. I mean, you should, you should understand and realize the kind of capabilities uh, that come along with, uh, you know, being a higher up at, at some of these, you know, schools. They, 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 and I don't know how they do it. We've seen time and time again how donations from foreign countries go to, constantly go to places like Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Brown, all, and, and there's influence. And, but we're not talking about this enough. You, there's so many people, I guarantee you, getting bribes, getting money wired to them, getting all this shit, um, you know, to, and, and think about it. I mean, if you're, if you're making hundreds of thousands, millions off of China, and you're giving them, you know, this, this is definitely um, something that I think will come out more and more uh, the truth, uh, because they're cracking down on the law. Uh, this kind of shit needs to stop. And this is, I believe, one of the reasons why the universities are so twisted and so messed up. Because you have – and it's not just stealing information and giving it to China. They're also influencing education. They're also paying people to say and do certain things and then try to normalize it and make it, you know, I would say in certain ways part of the PC culture and the, the, the censoring and all this different crap. How many times do we see Facebook – and all these different entities like Harvard and all these big defend China and defend, defend all. I mean, because they're owned. A lot of these big entities are owned by China. China, it, all China has to do is throw money down these people's, um, you know, pockets. And it, it works. And they've been doing it for years. But the, the whole university thing, look at the parents spending all this money every year. Look at the, look at how, 90% of what you learn in college, you know, unless you're becoming a doctor, unless you're becoming a lawyer, unless you're becoming something, you know, that requires high expertise, 90% of what you learn, you don't need in your everyday life. I mean, they, they need to teach people more in college about making money, you know, how are you going to be a better entrepreneur, how are you going to, you know, especially with the age that we've come to, uh, we're living in an era that is more evolved than ever before. I mean, you, there's thousands, millions of different revenue streams and outlets where you can capitalize on, on so much. I mean, it's not even funny, you know, and we need, we just need, we need a change. They need to, Bar needs to go after this, these colleges. Colleges are some of the he most heavily influenced, most heavily influenced places that, that we know of. you got what? I mean, all these people. All these kids, I mean, and they come out of there. They go in there, good values, good traditions, come from good families, and a lot of them come out, come out of there liberal. And because they're getting indoctrinated with crap from their socialist professors, just complete garbage. It's crazy. It is. Um, okay, so Ramadan just started. Religion of peace. Yeah, we all know, right? Islam. The, you know, and, and I've always said, you know, I, I think to torture these people for everything they've done to us, these people, you know, and we've had a guy on here before, a good friend of mine, uh, and he's usually a regular on the show. He hasn't been on in a few months, but his name is IQ Al-Razuli. Anyways, long story short, he grew up in Iraq. Um, he was born, obviously, pretty much everybody there is Muslim. And then he converted to Christianity, and then they tried to kill him. 
and he had to escape, and he's living in an undisclosed location in Europe. Uh, he's written several books. He's been on several talk shows. But this is the kind of religion that, this, that, that Islam is. If you do not uh, agree with them, if you do not get on their level, if you do not do what they say, they will kill you. Their biggest target is Christians. Um, they hate Christians. They think Christians are the devil. Um, since Ramadan has started, they have already killed 290 people. They have injured 280, and it's only been two weeks. And why is so highly um, always? They're always highly praising um, these Muslims and Ramadan and saying all these fantastic things about them, and you know, never calling them out for their bullshit. You know, because and that's what PC culture has turned into. It really has. You know, and I'm not going to say I haven't met some good Muslims. There, I have, but like IQ Al-Razuli said, the guy that converted to Christianity, he said, if you read the Koran and you abide by the Koran, it is impossible to assimilate and, uh, you know, involve yourself and, and adapt into American culture because of what this country was founded upon. Christian, I mean, this country was, is based upon Christianity, let's face it. And if you come to a country where the ideology that you, you know, go off of hate, I mean, think about it. It's common sense, you know, um, but it, it's crazy. The whole Koran and their God who they believe in, we all know is a pedophile. He married a little child. What, go eat some bacon, guys. Bacon's delicious. Torture them by giving them bacon. If that, I mean, what, what would be so wrong with that? I mean, it's not like you're hitting them or anything. And apparently giving them bacon, apparently some of them would just rather have a bullet to the head. Some of them would rather just die. Apparently bacon is that much torch, of a torture to them. Crazy, right? Insanity. Jesus, these people. I'll tell you. Um, yeah, but, but just think about that, though. The killings of all these innocent people. These, these people go out of their way and they hunt people down. They destroy churches. They burn buildings. They throw gays off of roofs. And don't forget, who funds a lot of the Democratic Party? Obviously, China. Um, they get a lot of money from the Middle East. Um, and the Democratic Party is supposed to stick up for women's rights and gay rights, but uh, they're taking money from people that uh, they, they classify it as a crime if you, you know, uh, you know I'll give you an example. If you're a woman seen without your hijab, however the fuck, however the fuck you pronounce it, in you know these Middle East countries, you can be killed. Um, if you are gay, you'd be thrown off a roof. You'd be killed. So just you know their their logic and their what they say they stand for is such bullshit. Um, let's see here. So this whole Flynn thing is driving me nuts. Driving me absolutely insane. I mean, you have a guy who dedicated his entire life to this country. He's given his all. He's given his blood, sweat, and tears for our safety, freedom, and security. He's done it with great humility, passion, great love. Uh, you can't say one bad thing about Michael Flynn. And it, it, this guy, you know, and, and I hope Trump hires him. I hope Trump hires him to go after uh, the people that went after him, uh, you know, they they picked this guy out and wanted to destroy him. Um, you know, they they had it out for him. You know, he worked for Obama. 
He wouldn't do certain things that Obama wanted him to do. Uh, Obama wanted him to break the law at certain points and say certain things, and Flynn wouldn't. And there were things that Flynn I, – I can't think – I mean, the, the way that guy – you know, he, he's based off of the Constitution. He really is. His ethics are completely proper. And, you know, I, I think Obama um, was a little jealous that Flynn was going to work for Trump. And I, and I think Obama was worried that Flynn, the reason they all wanted to unmask Flynn, I mean, we're talking Obama, Sally Yates, um, Biden. I mean, can you believe that? Biden. Conflict of interest much? You're running against the president who you apparently went after with Obama. I mean, th- this is insane. I, 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 you know, we, we look at all these people that wanted to unmask Flynn. Weird, weird, weird. They, they were scared. There was something going on here. And all the meetings and the, and the, the lies and the, the Clinton paid for dossier that Comey knew was bullshit and all these people knew. Clapper lying out of his teeth today on CNN and then cutting the cord when they asked him hard questions. These people know they broke the law. And John Brennan just came out the other day and, and uh, there was a report out. He didn't come out, but there was a report out saying that he, according to Intel, John Brennan was under the impression that Russia was trying to help Hillary win. So, yes, Russia did interfere, but it wasn't for Trump. It was for Hillary because Hillary gave them all that uranium, uh, gave Putin uh, many other things. She knew that was the easiest uh, target if uh, he wanted his way, and Trump wasn't going to play that game. So, you know, and just the whole... FISA warrant, the insurance policy. This is a dirty, dirty thing. Spying on political opponents. This makes Watergate look small time. And, you know, Judge Sullivan, who was appointed by Bill Clinton and, you know, worked under Barack Obama, is now wanting to hold Michael Flynn in contempt of court. You've got A.G. Barr, who cleared the charges. And you know what, Sullivan? This thing is going to go nowhere, brother going nowhere you're not going to win you're not going to you're not going to prevail in the end because we're it's just going to be it's ag bar will step in i mean you're not going to you know contempt of court you know i this is in, in a lot of ways in my strong opinion i believe i don't think the contempt of court is going to go anywhere I, I think the democrats are just trying to fire back with some sort of statement or some sort of you know scare tactic they lost they know they lost they know it's over they know it's a matter of time uh, you know, they're, they're facing the music. They really are. And, and think about how they went about this. They trapped him, threatened his family, said they were going to go after his kids. And, you know, that's the only reason why he lied to the FBI. They told him, and it wasn't even really so much a lie. They basically put words in his mouth. And there was a list, for anybody that doesn't know, of like five options on the day of the meeting of FBI officials trying to figure out how they were going to destroy him because they knew they didn't have a crime. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, dude, I mean, this is absolutely mind-blowing. And it, 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 it's, Jesus. Um, so I want to get into this whole corona thing right now. Uh, the, main, the main topic, obviously. we got a lot going on. Lots changed. And I, and I, I want to mention this. Uh, after this whole corona thing, uh, Twitter came out recently and said they're probably going to have most of their business employees working from home. 
And I think this is pretty much the future in a lot of ways, this, especially more now so. I, I thought this was going to be the future eventually. It already was starting to be. You saw a, you saw a lot of people um, as time went on starting to work from home more and more, even before corona. So now that the epidemic broke out, uh, it's going to be more and more. Um, I, I, people don't want to take chances. Uh, why, why, take, you know, why take risks? If you don't have to go into an office, if you can work from home, uh, if you can make money from home, I, I see people do it all the time. Uh, you know, a lot of people waste money on office buildings. A lot of people waste money on things that they don't need. And with how advanced technology has become and the kind of, you know, uh, situation that we're in, you can do anything from your smartphone or computer. There's not one thing you can't do. Um, but I, I applaud Twitter for this. I, I think it's the right thing for now. Um, they, he said, what Twitter said, employees have the option to work from home forever. So, and you, and you, you know, think about what that creates. It creates a lot of um, chaos off, off of people's hands. It, it creates a lot more leniency, a lot more flexibility, uh, whether somebody might be at home with their kids or something on a, day, on a daily basis. You know, maybe a lot of home jobs are good for people. So, and a lot of people more comfortable working from home, I would say, these days. So, and I think this is going to become the new normal uh, for businesses that don't require. I mean, obviously, there's going to be businesses and companies that require people to go in. No doubt about it. But, you know, not only if it's absolutely, uh, you know, a necessity, but, you know, this whole uh, virtual thing, it's, it's taken off. But um, I will say Corona um, has made the streaming services more popular than ever before. I mean, you're, people are creating so many different tech projects during this time. Um, you will have a lot of people uh, in the coming months bringing out ideas like you wouldn't believe. Um, this is a time where people who had spare time on their hands, who had all these extra things on the back burner, uh, definitely the smart ones were utilizing it well and putting together, you know, whatever next million-dollar idea they had. I'll tell you, this is a time for entrepreneurs. It is. It really is. Um, let's see here. So I want to also mention about this. The White House is doing the best they've ever done. They're doing the best they've ever done. I mean, transparency-wise, giving money to the states, taking care of our citizens. They just gave $11 billion, with a B, more in money for testing. So you can't say they've given more ventilators than people have ever asked for. Uh, they're overstocked. They've got more ventilators than they actually need. Um, you know, all the equipment, whether it's masks, they've been on top of it. They've, they've done it perfectly. They, this has been one of the greatest prepared, if not the most prepared administration for a, a disaster like this than, than I've ever seen. I mean, you can't, you can't make something this good up. I mean, Pence, Trump. Um, you know, really, and you can tell the sincerity and how genuine they are and how they, they Trump really cares. And it, it breaks his heart that he had to shut this economy. This is not what he wanted to do, the last thing he wanted to do. And he's, you know what, they, the media, but it's never enough. He could cure cancer tomorrow, and they would ask about something else. They'd say, what about diabetes? You know, whatever he does, they'll keep bitching. They really will. That's what they do. Um, this whole uh, 
nursing home situations. I'm reading states like New York, New Jersey, they were sending infected corona elderly patients to clean nursing homes. And then when those people got there, they were infecting other patients. So how the hell is this not malicious or this is some sort of political move? No person in their right state of mind, unless they were being uh, controlled, would do something like this. Think about if you had a mother, if you had a father that was elderly and dying, and then they get infected with corona, and then they're automatically gone because we know how badly uh, it takes a toll on these elderly people. I mean, what the hell is going through Cuomo's head? What the hell is going through Phil Murphy's head? What the – what are we – what? And these people aren't being called out. Why can these politicians, why can these leaders get away with killing people? And that's exactly what they're doing. They got blood on their hands. They're murderers. How are they not? Tell me how they're not. What they're doing is no different than it, – it, and the fact that they're not in jail and they're above the law should make anybody sick. It should. And it makes no logical sense. Nursing homes. The most vulnerable population, elderly, you're going to put infected elderly people in there, clean elderly people. Wow. I mean, just wow. Um, and they're getting lawsuits, by the way, so it's not going away. But I don't know if the lawsuits are going to go anywhere. That's the problem. You can sue these states all you want, but, you know, they've got all these loopholes of how they can go around it. Sick. Um, so... You know, as I was talking about earlier today um, with Democrats and how what they really want is they want a super rich and then they want the poor. They don't care about the middle class. These states, you know, they, they represent in a lot of ways is just what I just said, the super rich or the very poor, no really middle class. So anyways, Nancy Pelosi put together like an 1,800-page bill. It's not going to go anywhere. Don't worry. It's the most pathetic thing you've ever seen. It's coddling, it's catering, it's enabling all her dirty donors, all her special interests, all these scums of the earth. Uh, there's something in there that, um, what was it? Um, offers door to, do- oh, no, that, that wasn't it. There's something in there called the salt deduction cap, which basically benefits the rich. And they're always saying how the Republicans put bills forth that benefit the rich. It's actually the opposite. Isn't it amazing how Democrats accuse the Republicans of what they're actually guilty of? I mean, but Nancy, this is the only thing. Nancy Pelosi wanted amnesty for illegal aliens, uh, more pedophiles released from prison, more murderers released, uh, automatic mail-in ballots, um, you name it. The, the, like things that don't, would never fly. They're not, it may pass in the House, but it will be slammed in the Senate. And I don't even think it will pass the House. I think it's too ludicrous. And there's something else that's about to go through the House, and this, is, this should terrify anybody. Uh, Democrats are pushing a de- – it's called the devil coronavirus bill because it's labeled 666, which is door-to-door contract tracing from the government. Basically, they'd be able to keep tabs on you, and they'd be able to follow you and make sure that you're complying with whatever order if you had COVID or you're contagious or have anything, you know, wrong with you. I mean, this is a, a, a recipe for disaster. They have no goddamn right to do this. This is sick stuff. This is sick stuff. And, you know, we've, we've got Whitmer in Michigan who just admitted uh, on video today that she's been monitoring, surveilling per, the protesters' calls, the people that came to the Capitol and 
people probably already know this, but Michigan was one of the first places that established and orchestrated the Open Back Up America protest. And she, they got such a big turnout, she apparently felt threatened, and she started mo- getting people to monitor their calls. If you're, that's the biggest disruption of civil liberties that you could ever even think of. And the fact that you can have the government come to your freaking door and, you know, who knows what they'll do to you? Who knows what they'll do to your kids? And President Trump made a statement today that I was not okay with. And, you know, I agree with Trump 99% of the time, but there, there's, that, there's that few times where I'm going to call him out, and here it goes. He made a statement today saying we are mobilizing military to distribute future coronavirus vaccines. First of all, you don't do – no. We don't want the vaccines. Trump, stop talking about it. Nobody should be mandated to have it. The military should not be involved. Why the hell is the military getting involved with vaccination? That just sounds, in my strong opinion, this sounds like, and I don't think Trump really, I don't know what, what he was thinking when he made this statement. Uh, there has to be more to the story here. Maybe he's playing games. I don't know with the Democrats because I don't think he logically believes that the military needs to come to our door or make sure that we're getting mandatory vaccination. I mean, that, come on. I'm not sticking anything in my arm or anywhere in my body that Bill Gates or any of these people have ties to. It's all part of the new world order, these vaccinations. And you know what? Majority of the time, when people get involved with vaccinations, they create more problems for themselves, and they get sicker. That's what happens. It's not rocket science, people. And people are such idiots. I'm hearing them say, well, I'm not going to leave my house until there's a vaccination. Well, asshole, you're, you're probably going to wait about two years. Because you're, it's not going to be done overnight. It takes a while. And what are you going to do, leave everybody else hostage, you selfish son of a bitch, while, you know, people go just because you're not comfortable? You know, my fear has nothing to do – I mean, other people's fear has nothing to do with if I want to go out and live my life. It should, you know, our lives – should be based on our terms and how, you know, that's how this country was built. This is what the Constitution stands for. It's sickening, man. You know, it's like, come on. And L.A. closing for three months? How the hell are you going to do that? Biggest economies in the world? Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, I, you know, I, I just can't. I, I can't even fathom the idiocy. I mean, and, and here's something really scary. And I don't want to throw around a conspiracy theory because I'm not that kind of guy. But lately there's been a lot of news reports just today uh, reported 11 Secret Service agents that work close to Trump are infected with corona. Uh, Ivanka Trump's, uh, I think, staff member got corona. Uh, people close to Melania got corona. People that work for Mike Pence got corona. You can't help but wonder, is the deep state after the president, are they trying to get to Pence and Trump? Because third in line to take, can you imagine if that lady got in the White House? I mean, it's far-fetched. It's probably never going to happen, but let's just say it did. What the hell? You know what I mean, guys? And, Donald, you know, we, we need answers. We need answers. You know, President Trump went on Twitter. Um, earlier today and uh, made it very clear to Lindsey Graham, bring Obama in for testifying. 
with what happened with Michael Flynn and what happened. We need to. We, that's the guy that knew it all. And that's the guy who should answer for all his little minions. Because at the end of the day, the main dude, uh, you know, in charge at the time was Barack Hussein, white mama, Obama. That's who was in charge. And that's the guy we need all the answers from. Let, let him get in that courtroom and face him one-on-one and look in that ugly face, in that scumbag face, and ask him all the damn questions. And if he says, oh, I can't recall, that's not a sufficient answer. I'm so sick of people giving responses like, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't recall. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember. That should never, ever be a reasonable explanation when you're in a courtroom. What the hell? I'm just like, dude, and, and he, Lindsey Graham, I like some of the things he's done, but he's a rhino in a lot of ways. He's a swamp creature. A lot of, a lot of rumors say he's not, he's not going to um, – he actually came out and said he doesn't think he needs Barack Obama to be there. Well, why, Lindsey? And why don't you need Joe Biden? You don't need Joe Biden either because Joe Biden's your buddy. Why don't you need all these people to testify? You know what? Uh, Lindsay, I think uh, you're, ju- you're just as much the problem if you're not agreeing to bring these people forward. Trump's right. We need to hear from the main, the main people. And I, you know, another example, I mean, we saw Burr. I mean, Bill Burr, what a jerk off. You know, uh, he was overseeing uh, Intel, and he could have done a lot of things to prevent uh, the coup and what they were trying to do to Trump, but Burr's a part of the swamp, too, and I'm glad that they went after him today and they, they seized his phone. He should pay the price. Nobody's above the law. I don't care what party aisle you're on. Bar, he's guilty of that, and he's guilty of other shit. He could have protected the president when he was in charge of intel. He could have done more. They, you know, Paul Ryan, even Trey Gowdy, even though I like Trey Gowdy, Trey Gowdy could have done more. Too many people, I'm not going to say all these people were compromised, but there's something wrong because nothing ever gets accomplished with these past politicians. People keep getting away with breaking the law. It's like when do you draw the line, dude? It's like it, it's for real, though. Um, you know, I want to I want to also just mention, last but not least. Um, actually, I think I'll, I'll wait on that. I want to go to uh, let's go to um, let's go to U.S. congressional candidate from Arizona, Josh Barnett. I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts, man. I went on a huge rant, man. I, I covered a lot of different topics. Damn, I'll tell you, man, it's oh. quite the time. Yeah, there's it's it's an insane time. You know, it's you know you see like you talk about the unmasking of Flynn. You know, you got Clapper, Brennan, Comey, and the, the Vice President Joe Biden. The Democrat nominee asking the asking yeah, for who tried to, be to go after the so, president, who tried to go after the president, is now running against the president. I've never seen a bigger conflict of interest or a bigger corruption in my life. Absolutely, it's just it's insane, and and, and then you have Obama's chief of staff, Richard McDonough, was one of the other ones that tried to unmask this, and it, it this corruption goes all the way to the top. I've been saying it for three years or longer. And now it's finally coming out that Obama, Obama was, he was the guy who was pushing all of this. You know, he was the guy that was okay and everything. You don't do stuff like this 
without getting the okay from the president, you know, with something like this. And um, I, I, it's great to see that this is finally all coming to light. Um, you know, the thing is, is we the president has to pardon Flynn, regardless if he's exonerated or not, just to protect him from future yeah. harassment from, you know, future Democrat leadership. Because, you know, if they were to ever yeah. take control back, the first thing we'd do is go after him again. So, right, and here, here's the thing. Sure. Flynn, knows, Flynn knows their dirty tactics and know, knows a lot, and I think Trump should put him in charge, and Flynn should go after the exact people that went after him. Wouldn't it be amazing if, if he fired Christopher Ray and put him in as the FBI, head of the FBI? Yes. <laughs> that would be, That's what I'm talking fantastic. about exactly. That's what yeah. we need to do. Yeah. Christopher Ray yeah. was in on the bullshit. Christopher Ray is yeah. part of the deep state. Christopher Ray is yeah. bad news. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's, it's it's funny how Trump has this knack for just letting these people expose themselves, you know? And um and I and I you know, again this is this is what's exactly what's happening. You know, you got then you have a you have Judge Sullivan, which you brought up, who has disgraced the entire judicial system, you know, with this this partisan nonsense that he's doing right now. And, you know, again exposing you know, he's a, a Bill Clinton appointed judge. I mean, it's just – it's corrupt and it stinks to high heaven. The I, you know, we, we know they knew there was no collusion. We, we, saw, we all saw the transcripts and when, when Richard Grinnell, who's the, like man of the year right now, you know, in 2020 for releasing and, um, and disclosing these, these documents uh, that Schiff has been hiding this entire time. Um, you know, and they said one thing in their oath. And then they go on CNN and MSNBC, and they say that oh, we have all this evidence of collusion and everything else, flat out lying to the American people. And it's just the epitome of fake news and the deep state, and it's all being exposed. And it's a great thing, you know, it's a great thing. But until we see these people held accountable in handcuffs, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna applaud too much right now. But I am happy to see Richard Cornell. I think he the guy's a beast. I can't wait to one day shake that man's hand and say thank you you know, for doing what's right. Um, you know, and, and you see the left, it's like they're, they're crazy, uh, these these governors of these states, you know, and I've been talking about this for a long time, you know, fighting against the use of hydroxychloroquine. And it's the most ridiculous thing I can think of because we know it works. We All know because, you know why? You know why? Because it's so cheap. They want it, They want us to buy the more expensive exactly. ones so they can get all the back-end deals yep. from these pharmaceuticals. Exactly. How, yeah. How are you going to push a vaccine in this redesivir for a thousand dollars a pill when you have this for less than sixty cents a pill, right? And, and, and Trump said it. And we know we know it's highly effective when it's used early on in the first forty-eight hours. And you know, I was reading more. I actually talked to Dr. Zelenko last week, personally talked to him, and he said once this virus hits five days in somebody for first symptoms, is when it's like throwing gas on a fire when it really takes off. So if you start this this protocol early on. You have a 99% success rate, at least he has, with over 2,200 patients um, with not having any issues. And it's just – it's almost like Cuomo and these governors believe in, like, euthanasia. You know, like, they believe in euthanizing old people, apparently, because they're not using a hydroxychloroquine. They're sending COVID patients to nursing homes. These people are insane, and there's no logical reason not to use this, this drug, um, even prophylactically. Because it could protect our doc- doctors and nurses and other high-risk people. And we've been doing it with our military in Africa and South America for a long time, using it prophylactically about 100 milligrams a day to keep them from getting sick from malaria and other stuff. So it, it's crazy to me when I see this, you know, and I see studies, um, 
uh, NCBI.gov had another study I saw about, you know, promising results of chloroquine, you know, a low prevalence of side effects with long-term use uh, for protection, about 100 milligrams a day. You know, you see these different studies coming out um, that are very positive. Um, the one thing I, the one thing that really bothers me about our governor right now here in Arizona and across the board, across the country, is this contact tracing you were talking about. We saw in Washington they're ripping kids from homes. Not one kid COVID-19. So why are we taking removing children from homes? It makes no sense. And you know we have the Department of Health and Human Services, the CDC, you know their policy for for contact tracing. They're saying that the data can be sent to the WHO, other law enforcement authorities, to, quote, place someone under quarantine or isolation. And these contact tracing, you know, they're, they're recording this information. They're storing it at the CDC and elsewhere, where it can also be sent to the Department of Justice, the State Department, the Department of Homeland Security, other congressional offices, and various other medical and legal departments and contractors. Who the hell thinks that's okay to do? I, I don't get it. And then you got the Democrats that are seeking $100 billion in a bill that's going to authorize these grants to conduct contact tracing at people's homes, forcing you to take a test. And, and it's, it's, it's insane. And, you, and meanwhile, you know, America's affairing, you know, the political, you know, implication of this, of contact tracing, because you have Chelsea Clinton sitting on the board of trustees for this as an official contact for the contact tracing group that's accepting all these large sums of money from Bill Gates and George Soros, of all people. Can you imagine that? It's, it's, this just goes beyond insanity. Um, I had a, a, a buddy of mine uh, that I've been reading on, Patrick Howley. He writes for um, all kinds of conservative news, right, over the years. And he had a great article on it with the contact tracing and TGen, and he's been all over the governor here in Arizona as well. But this is insane. You're messing with people's lives. You're going into their homes. You're taking their kids away. Um, it's just proof, again, that CPS needs to be reined in with, uh, you know, like I've been stressing for a long time now, getting those the uh, uh, juries back in the courtrooms of these, quote, CPS courts. Uh, we, we need justice. We, we, need, we need juries back in the courts. We need due process back in the courts across the board. And this insanity has to stop. The people I'm glad to see are rising up, but a lot of people are oblivious to the contact tracing and what it could actually entail uh, with the vaccine as well. And it's scary stuff, but we're going to – I'll tell you one thing. I'm never going to stop fighting it, and uh, people I'm around aren't going to stop fighting it. We just need more people to be aware, and I appreciate you on here bringing it up and bringing that awareness to the masses so we can let these people know what's really going on out there. I agree. I agree. I absolutely agree. And it's, it's insane. It absolutely is, Josh. Do you have any other thoughts? I'm sure you, uh, well, you know, you know, some other thoughts I had was like I said, in regards to my business partner in Oceanside, California, um, you know, being arrested. Um, I'm just telling people I'm stressing this. The people need to rise up. They need to call their mayors. They need to call their, their congressmen in that district, which are always Democrats. It seems like, but, you know, it's unfortunate here in Arizona. We've got a Republican governor. We have a Republican House. We have a Republican state Senate. And this crap is still happening here. And people need to understand that, yes, I'm a Republican, and yes, I want people to vote Republican, but we have to start replacing these Republicans with actual conservatives that are running for office. 
and we have to get these other fake Republicans and rhinos out. And that's the problem we have right now. We have too many what I call fake Republicans, too many rhinos in office allowing this kind of stuff to happen. Because if we had real conservatives in there, this would not be happening right now. And we need new blood. We need fresh blood in office across the board. And people need to really pay attention to who's running and who are the true conservatives and who, who are the fake ones. And if they need help, I can point them out for them. They can contact me. <laughs> and I'll, I'll be glad to help them out. I love it. I love it. Well, no, I, I agree. I agree that, uh, you know, we, we – it's just it's crazy how we can't get more stuff done, these politicians. You know, they don't do what we put them in there to do. Uh, it's in a lot of ways. I mean, there's some good ones, but majority are just self-centered, greedy bastards. They really are, and, and I'll, I'm glad I'll things are changing. I'll give you a great example. I'll give you a great example of this. And I, 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 you know what? I, I won't say his name. I'll be nice for tonight. <laughs> but I know you're talking about hey, Are his yeah. initials RG? Yes, yes. There's a state representative here. <laughs> okay. Or, and um, he was up at Wickenburg, you know, in support and defiance of the lady, you know, opening her restaurant to the public. And, and you know, she was going to shut down. She had to open up. And he was up there eating yeah. there, showing everybody, giving the optics that he supports it, right? What's he do? He goes back down and votes for the Sendai to shut down government and not to shut down the emergency order of Governor Ducey. And, and that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. These people, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I don't know him personally. Um, but what I do know is that you're, you're giving these fake optics of being, you're being a fake conservative in support of a business owner trying to survive. And then you go down and you have the nerve to go down and vote to, to, you know, get rid of Ducey's merchandise, and then you don't do it. You vote for a Sendai to shut down government, and it's, it's, it's absolutely disgusting. This, just can, this can no longer happen. People need to be aware of who they're voting for and what these people really stand for. And um, like I said, if anybody has questions on it, feel free to reach out to me because I'll be more than happy to have a conversation with them. And, um, you know, and they, they can decide what they want as soon as they hear all the facts, you know. Uh, I'll never tell somebody what to do, but I'll lay out facts for them, and they can decide for themselves. Um, but this kind of stuff is what I'm talking about that, that can no longer happen across the country, not just here. Um, great to see. Like I said, we do have a lot. We do have a lot of support conservative-wise. You saw a great conservative Mike Garcia one, like you said, in California. Um, you know, and you don't see that. You know, the guy's very outspoken, very conservative. He's a Trump supporter. You know, in California, and he won by 12 points. So, um, if you're a true conservative, you can win and do very well. Um, but we just we just really have to look into these people and really how they're voting and what they're doing, and not just the optics that they're giving us on social media or on their you know on their Facebook page and so on. We have to look at how they're voting and what they're voting on, and that's the key. Look through these people's voting records before you make a decision. I lo- no, absolutely, absolutely. And, and Josh, where can people uh, stay with us? But where can people connect with you and uh, find your website? Yeah, you can connect with me at barnettforaz.com. Um, I'm also Barnett for AZ on Twitter and Instagram, and Josh Barnett for Congress on Facebook. And like I said, feel free to reach out. I do my best to get to everybody, and I, you know, like I said, I, I'll have this conversation with anyone. So, um, you know, I look forward to it. Thank you, Rory. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Um, let's go to – I want to go to um, – I'm getting to everybody, I promise. Um, Corey Jones, political consultant and political operative. Uh, your thoughts, buddy. I know you got a lot of thoughts. 
Yeah, Rory. Um, man, there's just been a lot of stuff that have, that, that's transpired over the last week. It's uh, It's been pretty crazy, actually, to keep up with it all. Um, but, you know, what I will say, I'll just start off with, um, um, you know, some of the recent news about um, the coronavirus. And actually, there was a, uh, I don't know if you saw this, I can't remember if you mentioned this or not. But uh, Maxine Waters actually sent out a tweet, uh, I think it was earlier this morning. But she said, and I actually pulled up the tweet, she said, and I quote, Trump doesn't care about the 80-plus thousand people who've died from coronavirus. He only wants to open up the economy so that he can go back to having his white power pep rallies. The death and economic devastation we are facing is because Trump failed to act early and called COVID-19 a hoax. Now, those are the type of statements that we've been hearing from Democrat leaders, leaders in Congress, um, prominent figures in the Democratic Party. And I think they're mainly to blame for much of the divide that we're seeing in our country right now. I mean, can you believe that she would say something like that? The reason why Trump wants to open the country back up is to you know, hold his white supremacist pep rallies? I don't think so. I think the reason why Trump wants to open the economy back up is so that Americans can get back to work. So that businesses don't have to fail, so that he can, you know, keep working on the economy, so that, you know, all of these individuals that have filed for unemployment can get back to work, they can get off unemployment, we can get the gears of our economy moving back in order. And so it really shows that Democrats, at the end of the day, um, they're just using COVID-19 as um, really a, a weapon, as a, as a political tool to tear down Trump before the election this fall. Um, to completely discredit all of the work that he's done for our economy in the past uh, couple of years. Um, and what they're also doing is they're using COVID-19 and many of the quote-unquote failures of the Trump administration in light of COVID-19 um, to cover up much of the news about you know, the Obama administration and General Flynn, all the information that's come out recently about the Mueller investigation and, and the uncovering of, of Flynn and and, um, you know, also the uh, and we saw this a couple of months ago with uh, many of the FBI lawyers who were still under criminal investigation um, for the illegal wiretapping into the Trump uh, campaign, excuse me, at the time back in 2016. And so they're using all this to sort of, um, you know, it's, it's like a smokescreen just to veer our attention away from any of the things that are going on right now. Um, and, you know, Trump is actually – and I, I genuinely think and, – and people can say what they want about Trump, Republicans or Democrats, about his motivations behind wanting to open up the economy. But um, I don't think Trump wants to open up the economy again so that you know his numbers can be great for the election or that uh, – you know that you know he his legacy can be uh, uh, greater in in the eyes of the American people. I don't think that's the reason why he's he's motivated to open the economy back up. I think he actually genuinely cares about the well-being of this nation. I think he cares about putting Americans first. And the reason why I think that is because that's been evident in many of his policies um, thus far in in, in uh, you know the three years that he's been president. And um, it looks like there has been a little bit of progress in light of, you know, Trump making this effort to open the economy back up. I mean, he was in Pennsylvania, I believe, yesterday or the day before that, um, talking uh, um, to citizens there, telling them, you know, your governor needs to open back up the economy here. And, um, you know, there was the uh, Wisconsin Supreme Court the other day actually struck down the governor's stay-at-home order uh, on a four-to-three vote. And so I think many of this optimistic language from Trump that we're seeing regarding COVID-19 has started to 
um, affect the way that many states are, are responding to this now. Like I, I think uh, in North Carolina, um, their, their, uh, their economy is starting to open up again. I, I'm seeing it in Dallas as well, which I'm, I'm from Dallas, Texas. And so across the state of Texas, small businesses are starting to slowly open up a little bit. I think uh, Arizona, I believe, the state where uh, you're located at, Yep. I think the governor is allowing sporting events without fans right now as well. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I saw that on the news the other day that he's now allowing sporting events to take place in the state of Arizona so long as there aren't fans actually in attendance. And so we're starting. Right. I did. I did. I did hear about that. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, you guys have quite the governor. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of our governor. He's kind of Ducey's kind of a rhino, but I'll tell you, Governor Abbott in Texas, is one of the best governors out there. I, he's amazing. I, you guys are lucky. Oh, I know, I know. I mean, he, uh, <laughs> you know, some people don't like him for whatever reason or another. I mean, he got sort of caught up in the headlines earlier this year from uh, uh, basically shutting down refugees to Texas. He wouldn't allow any uh, Texas to intake any more refugees, and so he got sort of caught up in the headlines there, and he's been called you know, racist and xenophobic for his policies on immigration. Um, but, you know, overall, he's done a, a good job. And, and really, <laughs> what, what's ironic about all of this is that um, Greg Abbott took many of these actions to stop refugee intake uh, prior to um, COVID-19 and the COVID-19 immigration response, where um, yeah. know, Democrats are actually criticizing Trump for um, not closing down the borders fast enough, which is just ironic. But many of the Republicans that were actually at the forefront of closing down their borders, such as Greg Abbott, um, you know, they've been given no credit from Democrats, and they're actually, they've actually been proven right by many of the actions, because whenever you shut down the border, um, you're not only shutting down the border to crime, you're also just shutting down the border to many of the problems that come in uh, from illegals, from even legal immigrants and refugees um, from many of these countries as well, and that includes disease, that includes, um, that includes cultural problems as well. Um, the, the lack of assimilation. So there are many things that you do whenever you implement immigration policies like Greg Abbott has done that actually protect the state and, and in Trump's case, protect the nation uh, as opposed to just, you know, building up a wall. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it and there's a lot of great things that come about from it. And so, um, you know, I'm starting to see, and back to the COVID-19 thing, I, you know, I'm starting, I'm starting to see some things um, you know, open back up again, and it's been uh, very encouraging for me, and uh, I think a lot of people in this nation. But I don't think it's going to come fast enough, though, because if you recall, we were only supposed to stay at home. And I'm sure you, uh, I was, I walked away for a little bit whenever you're, you're giving your uh, opening comments. That's something to attend to. But um, you know, as we know, we were only supposed to stay indoors. Businesses were only supposed to. Um, you know, be be closed for a uh, small amount of time, actually, initially, until we could flatten the curve. Well, the curve has been pretty much flattened, to my understanding, and and they're still extending this. And Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci was looked at initially during the uh, uh, um, early days of COVID-19 as the Lord and Savior of medicine. But now, you know, I mean, I, I somewhat liked Dr. Fauci initially. I was like, all right, this guy's pretty cool. You know, he's uh, he's sort of um, entertaining in these press conferences as well. But uh, no, I, I, I really don't trust Dr. Fauci. There's just something about him. And I know people have theories about his uh, prior dealings with, uh, you know, m many different politicians in the quote unquote deep state. But, you know, I just, there's something about Dr. Fauci that I, I, I don't like. 
Um, I can't really explain it. Uh, and I, I don't typically give those types of opinions. That's just a, a gut feeling that I have. I feel like in the next couple of months, the the sort of the attitude, the attitude that people have towards Dr. Fauci, which is pretty much favorable in general, is going to change because of I think some prior dealings that um, he's, he's a swamp, yeah, he's a swamp creature. I mean, he's a dirty, he's a he dirty is. dude. He's not, he's not clean at all. I mean, this guy has been in the D.C. swamp for what 30, 40 years. He's worked with many previous administrations. He's on all these different boards with Bill Gates and all these. Uh, dirty yeah. elites that want to, you know, take over the world. I mean, he's a he's a dangerous character. He's not somebody that should be involved with the Trump administration. And quite frankly, no. I'm shocked that Trump has so much trust in this guy and has let him stay around this long. <laughs> well, well, let me tell you what, though. I mean, I completely agree. And I don't have anything in particular about Dr. Fauci that I'm pointing to and stating, well, this is why I think this guy has some issues, but this is why I don't trust him. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, Dr. Fauci, I just get a bad feeling about him. You know, sort of whenever um, somebody like Adam Schiff o- opens his mouth, uh, you, you know, you don't have to know anything about Adam Schiff to know that he's just a complete sleazeball and a corrupt politician. And just by looking at him, that's sort of the impression that I get right. from Dr. Fauci. Um, but, you know, speaking of guys like Adam Schiff and speaking of uh, many of the people that were involved in the, uh, you know, in the Russian investigation as well and in general, Flynn, which is really a, a big topic of discussion, it's, it's, you know, I was so encouraged to see many of these things come out this week about General Flynn. I mean, this guy has given his life to serve our country, and this is how, you know, this is how the country that he um, protected and served repays him. I mean, if we look back at the 2016 election, um, what the Russian investigation was really about um, was, you know, Mueller and, and all of the uh, the establishment Democrats and even Republicans that opposed Trump. Um, they knew they couldn't directly get to Trump, even though the Russian investigation was supposed to look into the wrongdoing of the Trump campaign at the time. They knew they couldn't really get to Trump as evident by many of um, the uh, declassified documents recently, um, you know, discussing Schiff and, and all these other individuals that were involved in the Russian investigation, basically saying that they had nothing from the very beginning. They had no evidence of collusion or obstruction or anything of that nature. But really, it wasn't about actually investigating Trump uh, in, in my mind. It was really about destroying all of the people that were close to him. And they were trying to send a message, I, I think, to people that were in line with Trump and in Trump's camp. Uh, you know, we may not be able to get to Trump, but we're going to get to you, and nothing's going to protect you from us. And that's evident by Roger Stone as well. And so, what the FBI has done to many of these Obama holdovers and you know uh, congressional Democrats as well, what they've done is they've weaponized the justice system to attack the people that is closest to Trump, that are excuse me that are closest to Trump, and because they know at the end of the day they can't get to Trump, they've tried. They've, they've tried to turn the media against him in 2015, 2016. That didn't work. He still won the election. They tried to right. bring out all these allegations from him uh, about him you know, in 2016, 2017. That didn't happen. Oh, they said that he cheated the election. Well, that didn't work. So nothing that they've tried over the past several years has been able to derail Trump and his administration. And so that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get uh, to the main players in the Trump administration. And unfortunately, General Flynn was caught in the crossfire of that. And it's great to see that he's been able to um, sort of resurrect from this. But really, 
you know, what he's not going to get, he's not going to get refunded for all of the legal fees that he had to pay. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the guy even sold his house or something to pay for legal costs. I mean, he was he was under the radar for the longest time. I mean, this has been a two-year legal battle for General Flynn, and finally, you know, he's been vindicated. It seems um, in light of all the new information and evidence that has come out. So um, no, it's just it's just been crazy to see all this stuff, Lori. Um, and some things that I'm seeing is, is giving me uh, cause for concern, but other things are encouraging as well. And I think that um, you know, oh, by the way, and this is uh, this is a little bit off topic from what I was talking about earlier. Two, two things really. Number one, um, yeah, there are yeah. there are things specifically regarding uh, the effects of COVID-19 that 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 are that's going to take our country a long time to heal from. And I'll give you an example. So much of the work that I've done the past year has been leading voter registration teams in Texas, and we've been, I've been specifically a part of political action committees that have been attempting to keep the state red. As you know, right. the state of Texas has been accepting a mass number of refugees from California, actually, and they've been turning our state purple, uh, independent, or close to blue in certain areas of the state as well. But you know, we actually had uh, – for the political action committee that I was working with over the last year, we actually had sadly many of our Republican donors having to pull their funding because we couldn't go out and, and uh, you know, put together these registration, all in-person contact. And um, you know, if, if the stay-at-home orders and many of the restrictions that they put on the economy and stuff like that lasted for a couple of weeks after the initial coronavirus – um, yeah, uh, you know, started to take off in, in the United States, and the donors wouldn't have had to pull their funding. But this is it, happening it, all across the nation. It's it's absolutely it's it, it's no, it's crazy. I mean, these donors, the the, the, the amount of power they have. Uh, Corey, can you can you stay with us um, for a little bit? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, and Corey, stay with us because I want to get and tell everybody also where they can connect with you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Corey, um, and also Instagram at Real Corey Jones. Okay, um, all right. Well, well, I I, pro- I want to get I want to talk more. I just I have there's some other people on the panel. Stay with us though. There's a lot more to get into. Um, I, I love your insight. Um, always very spot on. Um, uh, you bring great value to the show. So thank you. Hey, thanks, Rory. Absolutely. I, I do want to welcome uh, Doctor. Latulip, right? Latulip. Yeah, Perfect. he's Latulip. Easy to remember. Um, so, Doctor, uh, welcome back. Uh, it's been a while. I'm glad to have you back uh, joining us. Obviously, there's a lot going on right now. You, you run your own clinic. Uh, you've seen a lot of different situations um, with this COVID-19 uh, scenario. And, and tell, I mean, it, it, you said it's empty pretty much, right? I mean, you guys aren't really running into many situations at all. And you're in Oregon, which is right next to Washington. And Washington had some of the, some of the biggest cases on earth. And, and California is not too far from Oregon either. Right, right. Yes, actually, um, you know, let me just say one thing. First of all, there's one huge difference between this year's cold and flu season and last year's cold and flu season, and that is that we have an election. <clears throat> And uh, therefore, this flu season is going to continue until at least November 4th. I believe that. Uh, although uh, I haven't seen any viral illness now in my clinic for almost six weeks. 
And I have been open uh, through the entire pandemic season, but the flu season is really over. And I believe that I've, I've been the only clinic open in my county through the entire pandemic. Um, I've had a standard flu season protocol, and I've had absolutely zero problems whatsoever with infectivity and so forth. Um, unfortunately, you know, before the pandemic was declared, uh, I actually did treat a few dozen patients that uh, had the classic COVID symptoms, and I do believe they did have coronavirus infection. Um, I treated them as I normally treat a viral illness. Uh, they all improved very quickly with the treatment, and they were recovered within about a week. And after the pandemic was declared, uh, actually, I had a few patients call in with the symptoms, but I didn't see any others uh, coming in for treatment because they refused out of uh, a fear of being labeled and a fear of quarantine. So these people stayed home and they recovered in about actually two, three weeks, you know, getting over a cough. And by the way, I have seen not a single pediatric case. Um, what is wearing me out, and I am absolutely frazzled from this whole thing, is the collateral damage. Um, and that's been horrible. The great majority of what I've treated with respect to the pandemic are, number one, fear, and then depression, anxiety, hopelessness, suicidality, increased drug and alcohol abuse. And remember, I'm a family doc, and I do also half my practice is uh, uh, pain medicine and addiction medicine. So I'm dealing with this stuff heavily. And uh, the other collateral damage besides that is that the specialist offices have all been closed. They've been unavailable even by phone. You can't even leave a message with them. So uh, my patients have been coming in to me with some really severe cardiac stuff and other conditions, and I'm having to treat this just to keep them alive because they couldn't even leave a message with their specialist. The the message box was filled up. Nobody was returning their calls. And a lot of patients have been laid off. They lost their insurance, so they're without uh, health care if they were to, you know, suffer some serious illness. Some patients have actually been uh, neglected because they fear for their lives to even leave home, so they won't even come in, uh, even though my clinic was open. Uh, and in our area, we have a huge, one big, really big nursing home, uh, and we've had nine deaths. Uh, since uh, the two months that they have been locked you're down in quarantine, and they died from loneliness. Steve, Steve uh, you're, no cutting, you're cutting out a little. You're cutting out a little bit. Speak a little clearer. Just cut, okay. Just out for a second. Uh, better. Much okay. better. Much better. Yeah. Okay. So, um, like I said, nine nursing home deaths. They these people are dying from loneliness. They cannot see their families, and they're totally isolated. And I have patients that have come in to me at work there and they say they're just watching these people wither and die they just fold up uh, because they're so lonely they're grieving and they just give up hope and uh, I think I'd like to talk just uh, about the myth of the mask the the masks uh, absolutely do nothing to protect you a mask should only be worn in one case by an acutely ill COVID patient and that's to prevent infection in those in the immediate vicinity uh, the U.S. Surgeon General, Jerome Adams, actually recently stated that the general public should not even wear a mask or buy a mask to protect against the spread of COVID-19. He then reneged on this statement uh, after he was given, quote, new evidence from the CDC. And now he, he says he's in favor of people wearing cloth facial coverings in public settings. And I would say stop right there because uh, this is absolute foolishness. It's, it's a dumb statement to be made by a physician because we know cloth doesn't, is not a barrier for anything viral whatsoever. So um, 
because of that, I don't trust the U.S. Surgeon General. And by the way, I do not trust Dr. Fauci. I'm in your court with. But anyway, as a result of people wearing masks, what we have is more fear and more confusion. My patients come in with a big question mark on their forehead. They don't know what's going on. But the mask is really nothing more than, number one, a symbol of cowardly or ignorant submission to a rogue government. And two, it's free advertising for the socialist Democrat agenda. And we should take the mask off and just throw them away, in my opinion. So anyway, I, COVID, amen, COVID, you agree with that? Amen. <clears throat> yeah, go ahead. Yep. You're, you're um, the old, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the COVID-19 virus. Now, this is just a common cold virus that's been around forever. You and I and everybody's been infected with it multiple times throughout our lives. Uh, we appear to have a more virulent strain spreading from the Wuhan labs. I could get into that, but it would take time. But actually, um, I have treated the cases virtually uh, like I treat any other severe viral illness like influenza. Um, and the cases that I've seen of COVID even this year have been identical to cases that I've seen every year in the cold flu season for the past five to seven years. The coronavirus itself is not a lethal virus, but what can be lethal is how the body's immune system responds to the virus. And we have what's called uh, the cytokine storm. These are immune system proteins that uh, tend to overreact to the virus, and then they start attacking the body's own cells. And this is actually believed to be the cause for some viruses causing cancer, type 1 diabetes after, uh, you know, viral infection. They cause inflammatory arthritis and so forth. But this is your body's own immune system attacking itself. As far as COVID-19 treatment, any viral treatment is supportive. We cannot kill the virus, so we try to, number one, suppress the immune response. And number two, we fight the reaction caused by the viral cell damage by giving fluids, replacing electrolytes, and that sort of thing. And then thirdly, we prevent secondary uh, infection. And the last thing we try to do is uh, prevent uh, the spread of the virus. So we um, initiate contact precautions. As far as the treatments, everybody's hearing about hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, and zinc. Well, uh, hydroxychloroquine is an immunosuppressant, so it actually does suppress that immune response, the overreaction to the virus. Azithromycin, uh, and by the way, hydroxychloroquine does nothing actively against the virus, but it suppresses the immune system response, and that is very helpful. Azithromycin does absolutely nothing. Zithromax does nothing uh, against the virus itself. But what it does is when you have a big mucus uh, production in the lungs, you've got a breeding ground for bacteria. So the azithromycin prevents a secondary bacterial pneumonia. And uh, I won't get into zinc, but it's not. Yeah. No, I know zinc. Um, I know zinc strongly helps. And I know zinc is something that people need to take and just naturally. And this thing is so crazy, Steve. And you're a great wealth of information. I really appreciate your insight. Um, I, I do, I do got to let you run unless you can stay with us. Okay. Um, tell everybody where they can get involved with you, though, where they can find you, connect with you, all that good stuff. Sure. You can uh, connect with me on Twitter. My handle is at LaTulipSteven, and I'm trying to spread as much info as I can. Uh, definitely COVID's been weaponized. It's devastating. Uh, the contact tracing you're talking about is definitely police state action. I, I'm very opposed to it. And the vaccine, no right. better than flu vaccine. All right. Well, thanks yeah. a bunch for having me on. Uh, appreciate it, Rory. Have a good night. I sure appreciate your zeal. I wish everybody had it. Well, do- Dr. Latulip, I always appreciate your insight. Really, really love having you on. Uh, stay with us if you can, um, and let's let's definitely uh, you know see if we can get to you before the show's over. I want I want to talk some more.
My pleasure. You bet. All righty. All righty. Um, I want to um, make sure he's with us. Uh, we have the host of the Stein podcast. I believe it's called that. Bradley Stein, uh, political activist, doing a lot of big things in the headlines. How are you, buddy? Welcome to the show. It's good to be with you, Rory. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Actually, Hello? it's called State of Stein. State of the Stein, isn't it? Yes, it is. Perfect. Perfect. Well, man, your first time on the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I'm a political campaign manager. I'm also a strategist. I've worked on numerous campaigns in the New York metropolitan area. As you said before, I currently host the State of Stein podcast. Uh, you've probably seen me on Fox News. I've appeared on The Story with Martha McCallum in the past. And uh, right now, you know, in this time of crisis, I'm just using my podcast to get as much legitimate information out there as possible, uh, interview uh, candidates running for office, make sure that we're getting real conservatives elected uh, come November, and that we keep fighting the, for the conservative agenda that the president has put forward. Amen. Amen. What do you what do you uh, make of the current events going on right now? What are your thoughts on just uh, everything? I'm, I'm sure you've addressed it quite a bit. Well, there, yeah, your... there's there's a lot to there's a lot to work through there. You know, just uh, to talk about the coronavirus very very briefly. I heard you discussing it for a bit there. You know, I think if you look at the president's handling of it thus far, you know, you have to thank God every day that we have this president in office compared to what we would have had had he not won. You know, the conservative response to this has really been effective. You know, we've been keeping the economic factors in mind in every uh, protocol that we've put forward. I look at a state like Florida run by Governor Ron DeSantis, who's done a phenomenal job there. You know, in the very beginning, he was said uh, to be one of the governors that would have a lot of problems in his state. Uh, the CNN, MSNBC, they were saying that Florida was going to be the next Italy. But in reality, his state has probably come out the best in all of this. Right now, we see large swaths of Florida reopening. We see several beaches reopening, businesses starting to come back. And the approach that he's taken there, I really think, should be looked at by all the other governors, especially Governors Cuomo and uh, Governor Newsom of California. Um, you know, what he's done, Ron DeSantis, is he's taken a look at the specific infection zones in the state, and he's basically divided up the state into infected and non-infected areas. And what he's done is he's essentially allowed the areas with low uh, coronavirus numbers to slowly reopen businesses instead of having the entire state wait on them. I think that's an approach every single state should be taking. I also think that we need to be looking at this as in, you know, the form of a bipartisan approach because this is not a Republican-Democrat issue. This is an American issue. I think the president yeah. took a great step the other day by meeting with uh, the governor of Colorado, Jared Polis, at the White House. He discussed with him the issues that all states are having with right now, and he said you know, to the governor, Colorado is a hub for tourism. You know, you've got the slopes there. You have a lot of winter activities, a lot of outdoor activities. And he asked him, you know, how is your state doing? And he said, our state is taking a beating. He said, tourism is down over 40%. We're seeing a lot of major contractors pull out of uh, public projects with the state. And he said, right now, we're interested in working with the federal government to start reopening various um, parts of the state, reopen local businesses. I think the president took a great step forward by meeting with a Democratic governor and saying, listen, we need to get something done. We can't be sitting on our asses here. We can't be like Nancy Pelosi sitting in our million-dollar mansions loading up our $24,000 refrigerators of ice cream. We need to get things done. I think he's done a fantastic job in that regard. Hold on one second. Very, very well. Can you hear me? 
Um, can you hear yeah, me? There? Ver- very yeah, very well. Yeah, very well. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, the sound keeps going in and out there. Oh, I don't know what's going okay, on. Okay, I can um, hear you. Okay, I can hear you. I do want to. I do want to keep you on the line, but tell everybody uh, about your podcast and where they can find it and where they can connect with you. Because I want to. I got to get to the next. I'm going to keep you on, but I want. I need to make sure I get to everybody on the panel, and let's definitely make you a regular. Because I do like your insight. You you are a very smart guy, and you have a lot going for you. Sure. So you can find me at underscore Bradley Stein underscore on uh, Twitter and Instagram. You can also find my podcast, The State of Stein, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I love it, man. And what's coming up in the future? What, what are you working on? What's some of the other projects? I'm sure you got some stuff going on. So I do have a lot of stuff in the works right now. What I'm trying to do is have a, a series of congressional interviews going forward. Uh, with various candidates running for Congress. I want to focus on veterans who are running for office right now because I think they have just tremendous insight they can lend to the conversation. Um, We're working on getting Mike Garcia on, who just won his race in California. We want to hear from him, and we want to hear from so many veterans across the country right now who are running for office and looking to represent their states. Amen. Amen. I love it. I love it, man. Well, uh, stay with us. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break, everybody. We're going to be right back. Uh, this is the Rory Sauter Show. Actually, actually, I, I, before I take a commercial, um, I wanna I wanna introduce my guest. I believe he's with us. Um, very popular guy, presidential historian James H. Lumley. James, welcome back to the show, buddy. How are you? Good evening. Good to be with you again. Absolutely, my friend. Well, great to have you here. Uh, tell us what's been going on lately. What's new? Well, you know, whenever we have a, a, a current crisis like this, as as a historian, and I'm sitting here in my in my library of U.S. presidents, I have over 500 books. I always tell the young kids, don't don't Google, go to the library and actually read books. But uh, I always try to harken back and try to find a, a historical precedence to what's happening. We've got a national, you know, a global pandemic. The president is busy trying to handle this crisis, and he's being pulled from all ends. You know, you mentioned Dr. Fauci. Of course, the infectious disease folks are going to be saying, hey, we need to shut down the country. His Treasury uh, Secretary and his financial team are saying, hey, we need to reopen. This is, um, this is what presidents have to, have to face. Ultimately, they have to make the decision. Let's harken back to October of 1962. John F. Kennedy had something very similar when the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis hit. Now, I'm not comparing Trump to Kennedy, so for our Democrat friends out there, don't want to get excited, but I am drawing a parallel uh, Kennedy quickly put together the executive committee known as the XCOM, and this was brilliantly portrayed in the movie 13 Days. Did you see that one? Uh, 13, 13 Days starring Kevin Costner. I think I yeah, did. So it was a long had, time ago. Though. Yeah, and here, here's an example, and I, and I want to kind of uh, – here's the point. I'm, I'll make a point. But Kennedy had his, his military brass uh, led by General Curtis LeMay telling him, you know, bomb the hell out of Cuba. Uh, let's do an airstrike. Then you had his brother, Attorney General Bobby Kennedy, talk about nepotism, you know, tell in, in these ex-con meetings saying, let's do the blockade. And then it's the folks at the State Department, you know, Dean Rust are saying diplomacy. And then members of Congress are saying another thing. In fact, General Curtis LeMay, you know, he was a famous general in World War II at the time, you know, John F. Kennedy was a young lieutenant on a PT boat. Uh, LeMay had a, a real visceral disdain for John F. Kennedy. He thought he was a very inexperienced, kind of a young uh, boy. Eisenhower used to call Kennedy a little boy blue. 
And during the uh, these ESCOM meetings, uh, LeMay said to President Kennedy, you're in a pretty bad fix there, Mr. President. Kennedy looked at him and says, well, you're in there with me, buddy. Uh, but this is what happens <laughs> when crisis happens. The presidents are pulled from all ends. Ultimately, Kennedy obviously made the right choice. We're all here today. We're talking. But here's what Kennedy said, and he told Arthur Schlesinger Jr. this, and it's in the book I'm holding in my hand right now called 1,000 Days, a really good book. Kennedy says, never rely on the experts. Be skeptical of insider advice. Get advice from the outside. And I think we desperately need that today. And, you know, I've been doing vlogs now for the last couple of weeks. I've got caught you. I know you've caught some of them on Facebook called COVID-19 yeah. and the Constitution, COVID-19 and the right to dissent, COVID-19 hysteria and hypocrisy. And I, I remind our viewers that the Constitution is alive and well, and the government only derives its power from the consent of the governed. You know, we didn't suspend the Bill of Rights. Uh, you know, the Bill of Rights, uh, especially the First Amendment, which gives us those five parts, right? Religion, speech, press, the right to uh, petition the government and to assemble. That's alive and well. These protests are fantastic. I wish there were more because we need to remind the government that we're not the subjects and they're not the masters. And I tell my, I tell my students, I tell my viewers, the Bill of Rights is not a permission slip for we the people. It's a restraining order on the federal government. Amen. Amen, and, and you're you're absolutely right. And I brought up the the Constitution earlier. I mean, what these governors are are doing in some of these states. I mean, they're they're over abusing their power. I mean, you know, our founding fathers, uh, you know, built this country based on on you know working principles. We're not a country that is supposed to sit in our homes and uh, starve to death. I mean, you know, we're supposed to provide for our families and you know, be a law-abiding citizen and, and contribute our fair share, you know, to to civilization. Exactly. And there's a couple of things that bother me about this present crisis, and, and I mentioned this on my, on my Facebook Live. I don't like the words, let's stop using the words allow and let. Oh, the government's yes. going to allow me. The government doesn't allow us anything. I remember many years ago when, when – and I didn't want to beat up on the former president. When president Obama was saying, hey, if you like your health care, you can keep it. I yelled at the TV. I said, Mr. President, you don't tell us what we can keep and what we can't keep. You don't have that constitutional authority. Uh, your authority is over the executive. But let's stop using the word allow and let. You know, My political philosophy – people ask me you – know, I like it when they can't figure out where I come from. I said my political philosophy is, is three words, let freedom ring. And the, you know, again, the government you – know, our rights – the Founding Fathers made it clear. Our, our rights preexist the Constitution, and, and this is the month of May. So back in 1787, these are when these 55 delegates met in the sweltering heat in Philadelphia in Constitution Hall under the leadership of James Madison. They thought they were coming to revise the Articles of Confederation, of course. Madison had different ideas. They were creating a new government, and when Benjamin Franklin walked out in September – People were waiting, Mr. Franklin, Mr. Franklin, what kind of government do we have? He's, and he looked at this lady and he said, a republic, if you can keep it. And it's incumbent upon us as we the people to, uh, to demand that our constitutional rights are maintained. These protests are good. They need to be done respectfully. But we have to remind the government that, uh, that when the people live in fear, they don't think for themselves. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. And. 
you know, and I was bringing this point up earlier today, you know, it's like the people that are so scared and want to stay at home, you know, they're right, but don't try to control other people's rights. How, you know, if other people want to live their life, you know, without, you know, being scared and going out and living, living as they, you know, as they please, then that's their own choice. You know, why are people trying to tell anybody how to live their life? It's insane. I mean, this is what society has come to. Yeah, you know, the Bill of Rights, again, when the Constitution passed, there were some of our, you know, George Mason uh, voted against it and others because they were concerned that this would centralize and give the federal government too too much power. So James Madison pulled a couple of these fellows aside and said, listen, I promise when I go to Congress as a member from Virginia, uh, I'll I'll push what we call a Bill of Rights. Well, then he, you know, Madison kept his promise. It started out with 19 amendments. It was sliced to 12. Ten only made it. And those first 10 amendments are known as the Bill of Rights. And what the what yeah. the founding fathers made certain is that these Bill of Rights, again, they don't tell it's not government granting us rights. It's it's reaffirming that government can't strip what rights already exist. John F. Kennedy said right. that's in his inaugural address, one of the best speeches written by Ted Sorensen. The rights uh, come not from the generosity of the state, but from the hand of God. Amen. Amen. No, I agree. And I got to go to commercial here in about a, a minute and 30 seconds. But real quick. I want to ask you, Obamagate, how do you see that playing out? You're, you're a, a presidential historian. You study all the rule of law and how everything has worked in, with past administrations. What do you see you know, in this whole case? Yeah, as, a, as someone who's you know, a presidential enthusiast and studies history, I, I think it, we probably won't really know the answer probably. I think I've always said give 25 years needs to pass before you can really judge a presidency. You know, here's the thing about the, the the 44th president. I think that what is clear, and I and former Senator um, Bill Brock, who's a friend of mine, we many years ago I said, hey, what do you think about the Obama administration? How's he doing? He said, well, you know, he's a lot of these policy positions where you would normally put policy wonk type people in, he's filling them with political hacks. So I think maybe what his friend might show is, is that that the Obama administration he really politicized the executive. Uh, probably, probably more ever since maybe say Nixon. So I, I think that's that's you know that's unfortunate because you want to put policy people in these positions, not political hacks. Uh, it's very possible the president's hands could, could could not be dirty, but definitely the people, some of the people in the administration. What's what we're seeing is is pretty scary. I don't know if we'll ever get to the truth, but but again, it sometimes it takes 25 plus years to really let all this stuff shake out. People are dead, and then other people talk, and you really can define a presidency like like i think now we're beginning to really define the reagan presidency but recent presidents it's tough to do that in the here and now it really is no i hear you it makes sense um uh stay with us but tell everybody where they connect with you uh real quick i got to go to commercial but uh where they can find you all that good stuff so on facebook uh you go james h lumley l-u-m-l-e-y on uh, Instagram, it's presidential history. And then for our kids stuff, just POTUS, hashtag POTUS ABC Kids, because we're trying to light the fire and keep the flame of liberty burning in these young people because we want you know, young people to, to know the history and why America is an exceptional country. I love it. I love it. J- uh, James, stay with us. We'll be right back, everybody. This is the Rory Sauter Show. Stay tuned. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. 
New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, Please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoking behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sodder Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 countries on 70 online platforms. Everybody, it's a beautiful night. I do want to go to writer and speaker, Sam Tully. Sam, go ahead. I want your thoughts hey, on everything. Right. I'm sure you got a lot of thoughts. Well, my first thought is concerning Mike Garcia. And I believe that when his opponent uh, quit, it was because he was like 12,000 votes up. Folks uh, probably don't realize this. he would have uh, won her the first time around if Steve Knight hadn't tried to get his seat back. Uh, you know, this was the area that I lived in, and apparently Steve Knight wasn't on board with the president's agenda. And he let that Kathy Hill uh, take over that seat. 
Well, of course, you know, after she went through her three-way weirdness um, and the seat came up for uh, to be taken, one of these a real super liberal guy, I forgot when the young Turks tried to get the seat as well on the Democratic side. But nevertheless, if Steve Knight wouldn't have been there, Mike Garcia would have won it uh, quite handily. And so I have no doubt that Mike Garcia will take it again in November. Uh, the people in Antelope Valley, the people in that part of uh, L.A. County have had it. They, I'm, I'm talking about the conservatives. Uh, they're not being uh, apathetic any longer. They're, they're moving straight ahead, and uh, hopefully some of these Democrats will have it too. They will walk away from the fear, which is like the doctor was saying, that these masks do absolutely, these cloth masks do nothing for you. Uh, all they do is, uh, you know, make it difficult for you to communicate with people and breathe. But they're so hung up on wearing masks now that uh, it, it, it's just ridiculous out there. Now, this Michael Flynn thing, you know, it, it's amazing how just corrupt our news media is. I mean, in my total lifetime, I've never seen anything quite like it. I, I heard that Walter Cronkite, in fact, was a liberal, but in the earlier years, you would have never known it. And many of the other newscasters from the various stations they had a degree of balance, or at least the appearance of balance. But these folks now, I don't care what, they either find a way to disregard it or they won't talk about it. And uh, for the fact that Flynn was, you know, they were using him and they were unmasking him, I mean, even ambassadors from, from, from other countries. I mean, what does an ambassador need to unmask anyone for? But uh, the news media won't call them out on it. They won't call Obama. They won't call Biden. Uh, just like Biden lied and said he didn't know anything about it. But then again, with Joe these days, uh, he may not know that he unmasked uh, the guy. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, now this, this, the corona thing, as far as work from home, yes, there's a lot of people that can work from home. But you know, you know, I was brought. It was brought to my mind. You know, I retired in 2017, and I was in the property management field. And in that field, you have to visit properties. And in fact, they even called that an essential function. So you're out there in the field all the time, uh, visiting places, seeing places, dealing with people. And for me, uh, I my salary was based on 25 percent of the monthly rents that were collected. Uh, now, excuse me, the monthly rents were collected from the property. The property management fee for my company was like 6%. So I got 25% of that. Now, the biggest stores uh, that we collect fees from were the supermarkets, the big restaurants, uh, and stuff like that. Then you had a lot of hair salons. You had a lot of small mom-and-pop shops. All those stores were closed. I mean, the liquor stores were far and in between an essential business. So so if all the, the, the stores were closed, I mean, excuse me, well, the supermarkets were open. But the, uh, the growth, I mean, the, the, the retail stores like uh, Burlington's and 
you know, stuff like that, places where you shop and buy clothes. All those places were closed. So the rents were truncated. There would have been very little. And, and anyone that was doing what I was doing and doing it the way I was doing it, they would have had to work and they would have been starving because of this shutdown. And it amazes me when I heard uh, the mayor of L.A. talk about, well, yeah, you know, there would be another three months, but it's not going to be as bad as it was. For example, I heard recently that they've decided to open up the beaches in L.A. County. But the problem is, <laughs> and I call people there, they said, yeah, the beaches are open, but the parking lots are shut down. You can't park in the parking lots. And when you get on the beach, you have to keep moving. You can't sunbathe. You can't sit on the sand. you got to stay six uh, feet apart from folks. And on top of that, you must wear a mask. Who in the hell wants to go to a beach like that? I mean, you know, you got to wear a mask. You can't sit up. You can't enjoy it. You have to just keep moving. And you can't even park your car. And by the way, the last time I checked, the parking was anywhere between 18 and 30 bucks to park your car. So you might have to walk three or four miles just to get to an L.A. beach. They have to keep walking and keep moving. I mean, it's, it's insanity. I mean, this is the same city where they have a homeless population of about 100,000 people, and they're not putting those folks up. And they had a typhus outbreak by City Hall. So, you know, if the homeless folks aren't wearing masks, the homeless folks are sitting over there all clumped together, if we're worried about this COVID-19, that thing is going to keep circulating through there, if that's what's the hang-up. I personally think what we're talking about here is control. I, I think that these people want to keep us under their thumb. They want to ruin the economy because they think that nothing else can get rid of Trump. So they think that if they can ruin the economy and, and, and blame it on him, it'll work. The problem is, the American people saw what Trump did with the economy when he took it over from Obama. They saw how every record there ever was in the stock market, it just exploded. What were it, like 18000 before he came in, and the thing went up to almost, what, twenty eight or something, approaching thirty. Um, They've they seen how the jobs that they said are gone forever came back, how he fought Mexico and Canada and won how he fought China and won, how he was steadily winning for the American people. This was driving the liberals crazy. This is driving the press crazy. This is driving the, uh, the Democrats crazy. But the hardworking men and women, and dare I say, even liberals that were making money, they noticed. And uh, I think a recent poll came out stating that who do they trust to rebuild the economy? Well, it certainly isn't uh, I'm stuck in my basement Biden not knowing where I am. No, they, they trust President Trump if, if it comes down to the economy. And, of course, you know, we, we can never believe what the media says as far as polls anyway because they were saying that, yes, Trump is leading in the battlefield polls. They can't hide that. But in these other polls, they say Biden is leading. I mean, <clears throat> Biden... I mean, Biden doesn't even know where he is half the time. And you would have to be deaf, dumb, and blind not to figure out this guy is, is, is not all there. And the Democrats know he's not all there. I think they're, they're, their whole position is going to be, let's find somebody to run with him 
that the people can see as being viable to be president. And then we get Joe across the finish line and figure out a way to get him yeah. out of there and let these people take over. I but, don't see no, what I happening. No, it, it, they're, Sam, they're, the Democratic Party is still out of touch. I mean, they are, this poor guy has early stage Alzheimer's. I mean, it's, it's sad to watch. I, I, I do got to close the show here in about a minute. Um, but I love your insight. Very well said. Uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can uh, get involved, all that stuff. Okay, Roy. Yeah, they can connect with me uh, on my website, inhimfirst.com, or Samuel Tolly on Facebook or Twitter. Great, man. So Always a pleasure, chat. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely right. talk soon. Let's get, you, let's get you on again next week. Talk to you later, Roy. All righty, man. God bless you. All right, bye-bye. All righty. Uh, everybody, it's been a fantastic show tonight. I want to thank all of you for tuning in. Um, all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors and audience, you're incredible. Um, I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. Uh, stay safe out there. Uh, be responsible. I will see you all next week. Uh, until then, you know, I'm Rory Sodder. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers.